over the last three weeks, we have been exploring our series, What a Time to Be Alive. And to make sure that everybody's on the same page as they're joining on, I want to make sure that we walk through where we've been through the last three weeks. On week one, we took a look at oppression and the people of Israel, understanding how God shows up in oppression and how we can orient ourselves in the midst of what we may be facing. Uh, in week two, we looked at the decision of King Xerxes and how d- decisions of King Xerxes, rather, and how his decisions are impacted or how decisions are impacted by who we are or how we see ourselves and is often reflective of what's actually going on inside of us. Last week, we took a look at hate and Haman, understanding that for believers, there's no place for us to have hate in our heart. And that if we do have hate in our heart, it is important for us to examine what is going on inside of us, period. And as we examine what's going on inside of us, we can ask the Lord to take a deep look into our heart and into our mind and reveal to us what's going on. What's the wickedness that that we got going on? Why are we holding on to this hate? Uh, Today, in our penultimate sermon, penultimate meaning next to last, your second to last one, uh, message in the series, we are going to look at a character that we've already talked about in in Burst and in Bits and Pieces, but he's probably the most important character after Esther in this passage, in the the story. Uh, We've taken a look a bunch at Mordecai. Today, we're going to be looking at him as the central figure of our message. And the theme that we're going to have be looking at, you remember, we're, we're, we're discussing themes and entities, right? Themes and figures, themes and people. Today, we're going to be discussing integrity and Mordecai. Integrity and Mordecai. That's the title of our message. So I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. I want to make sure that everything makes sense to everybody. So we got to define the word integrity. What does integrity mean for today's purposes? Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. That's the Webster's Dictionary definition of integrity. Uh, I went to Wikipedia to check it out. Side note, y'all remember when we were young and we used to go on Wikipedia for book reports? And what did your teacher say? Wikipedia is not a valid resource. You can't use that. That's what my teacher sounded like. Well, guess what? Now everybody runs to Wikipedia. You get your sources from two places, Wikipedia and TMZ, unfortunately. But I'm back to the topic. Wikipedia defines integrity as... The practice of being honest and showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to strong moral and ethical principles and values. In ethics, integrity is regarded as honesty, truthfulness, or accuracy of one's actions. Sheesh. Wikipedia knocked that joint right out the park. I say, I say this because, well, I want to focus on integrity rather because... Integrity feels like it's lacking these days. Whether it is political leaders, celebrities, public figures, preachers, pastors, I know there was a, we are always dealing with the preacher that is this or the speaker that does that. And it's like the stuff that they've been speaking about, the stuff that they've been preaching, they haven't necessarily been living, right? That's always 
That's always something that folks in the church deal with. I mean, folks in the world talk about those who don't believe who aren't Christians. They always call that out in us, and that's an issue of integrity, right? Why is it important for us to be people of integrity? Because integrity is often one of the things that first gets called out or recognized in people, right? We call it fake or unfake. You fake, you ain't real, you this, you that. Unfortunately, integrity is also one of those things that is often defined by the culture of the day, right? The culture of the day can swing from the left and to the right, and the demands of the people of that culture can honestly move the goalpost, right? You think you're doing the right thing, and then you have to switch and this and that, right? I think about celebrities that often say something controversial on Facebook or Instagram or social media. They post something and they get backlash. What happens immediately? What happens? They remove it or they, they, what's the next thing that happens? They get an apology, right? There's a public apology. I'm sorry that my words have offended people. I now realize the severity of my actions and how what I say and how I do, how it influences those that I know and I do not know. For this, I deeply apologize and I regret it. Like standard. I literally sound like I've done one of those before. And, 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 and people always say, Question with that, because it's like, okay, you're apologizing, but you probably really believe that in the first place. Why are you flip-flopping? Why are you flipping on this thing and going here and going there? Integrity is one of those things that we call out. Lack of integrity is not something that was with Mordecai. Mordecai, from the opening onset, from the very beginning, we can see that Mordecai was a man of integrity. As Esther's uncle, he displays some key traits and behaviors that demonstrate the depth of his character and his integrity. His integrity towards his faith, his integrity towards his niece, his integrity towards his, the people in general. And we can learn a lot from Mordecai and how he carries himself. Let's dive right in that, right? The first thing that we want to point out, number one, integrity roots you in what is right and wrong despite what is going on in front of you. Ooh, that's a big one. As we discussed last week, as we look at Mordecai, theologians believe that Mordecai chose not to bow to Haman because he sensed that Haman was an evil man. What? Like, you know, you ever seen kids... And sometimes, like, kids would, my mother said this actually about Leonard, like, my brother. And my brother was always, was always particular about people that he, like, connects himself with and understands and who he knows. He chooses very, very cautiously how he connects. And my mother always said this when he was young, that he had a keen sense of understanding and discernment of certain folks, who they were, who they are, and who he allowed himself to get connected with we stayed back from. And the crazy thing is you would watch over time. It's like, oh, snap, he got that right. Oh, snap, he was right. Oh, oh, ooh, he got that, right? There's a sense of integrity there that, uh, that he had, and he was able to judge another people because of his ability to assess, even at a young age, who people were. You see, Mordecai assessed Haman, he watched his movements, 
He watched his actions. He watched his behavior. He understood and analyzed his history. And from there, Mordecai was able to make a determination that Haman's character was incongruent with his own character, and therefore, he could not align himself with Haman. You see, integrity is a mark of your character. As a person of integrity, you make the decision to not align yourself with things that are not in line with your character, with your beliefs, with your values, the, no matter the situation. Why do I say no matter the situation? Because integrity requires us to stay rooted even when there are things that are at stake. Even when there are things that are going on. One of the things that people hate the most, and I'm going to say this one more, say this one more time, one of the things that people hate the most is when their views shift because of what is at stake, right? If you have something that you can lose or gain, a lot of times folks begin to get upset or frustrated or they get antsy or they get anxious, they get irritated, they get all these things and they, they make certain decisions, they decide to make certain choices because they are afraid of what might happen. And as a result, they flip. And this is when we call people fake. This is when we call people phony. This is when we say that, listen, you, you don't stand on solid ground. You're easily persuaded. You're easily moved by, by the positions of other people or because of external circumstances, influence, or pressure. You see, we find Mordecai in a place where this can happen to him. But we see Mordecai's display of integrity in his first interaction with Haman. After that, though, however, the situation changes. What happens? We talked about this last week. Haman grows to hate Mordecai. So the person with power, the person, the person with influence, the person who's able to make a decision, then grows to hate Mordecai. And he wants to destroy him. Oh, snap. Mordecai's under the gun. Mordecai's under pressure. Mordecai is at risk of suffering an existential threat. He can be eliminated, terminated. He could be destroyed, killed, murdered. Mordecai is in danger. You see, Mordecai's integrity resulted in hate from other people. When you stand in your own integrity, people will have an adverse reaction towards you. People are going to dislike you. People are going to disprove of you. People are going to look down upon you. People are going to try to disrupt you, dissuade you, and destroy you because of your integrity. But let me tell you something. You cannot be moved. You must not be moved. We take a look again at Mordecai in chapter 5. And listen to this. He already knows by this point that Haman wants to kill him and the rest of the Jews. And he gets another opportunity at this point to make up 
for what he had done. You see, he has a chance to walk back and protect and save himself. He could renounce his beliefs. He could renounce his morals. He could renounce his values. And yet, again, the Bible tells us that he doesn't bow. He doesn't recognize. He doesn't honor Mordecai. He does not bend his knee. I know a lot of you now, you heard bend the knee. And, uh, bend the knee. All right, relax. Take it easy. Even in the midst of what appeared to be certain death, Mordecai didn't change his stance. The Bible tells us he mourned. Yes. He was fearful. Yes. He was worried. Yes. And those are all reasonable human emotions. He's supposed to feel those things. But those feelings did not impact his sense of integrity. Mordecai stayed true to his values, even in the face of oppression and persecution. So I ask you the question this morning, where is your integrity this morning? Are you solid in your faith? Do your values sit on solid ground? Are your beliefs not shaken? Do they stand firm in a climate that is pushing you left and to the right that wants to see you move? Or are you easily pushed off balance? Do you only practice your values behind closed doors and when you get in front of other people, you shift what you think or what you feel because you don't want to come across to them in a certain type of way? Are you the one that goes one way with one crowd and another way with the next? You must stay true to your values. Mordecai, in fact, Later on, ends up saving the life of the king. We learned, actually, in chapter 2, rather. He ends up saving the life of the king, the very king that made him a prisoner in a foreign land. He stayed true to biblical principle, the value of life, despite the fact that the king was the one that had put him in a place of oppression, like we talked about a couple of weeks back. In these times, you must, we must, Stay true to who we are as people of faith, as a person of biblical and moral character. To be like Daniel, who had a relationship with God both in closed doors and in front of people, despite the fact that it could result in persecution. To be like Paul, who was unafraid to stand up and speak what he knew about his relationship with God, no matter how it was or who it was that he was talking to. To be like Mary, maintaining and holding out hope, visiting the tomb of Jesus when others were too afraid and abandoned hope and stayed away. To be like Jesus, holding on to the word and statutes of God in the face of the enemy, even as his body was deprived of food and water in the desert. You see, people of integrity don't bend under the pressure of society. More importantly, number two, your integrity challenges those around you. Mm, stick with me here. Let's go. Remember, last week, we focused on Haman's hate towards Mordecai and the Jews. As a result of his own insecurity, Haman worked with the king in creating an edict that would wipe out all the Jews. So then what happens? Mordecai finds out about this edict. 
Like I said before, what's the first thing that Mordecai does? He mourns. Remember, just because you are a person of integrity doesn't mean that you can't be pained or grieved by what you see in the world around you. Just because you have a strong sense of morality, just because you have a strong, strong sense of biblical principle, just because you have a strong sense of what you believe is right or what you believe is wrong, does not mean that you can't be pained by what you see. Does not mean that you can't be grieved by what your eyes and ears and your senses show you and tell you and what you experience. Just because you stand doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Mordecai puts on the traditional, when he finds out the news that, that, that Haman wants to destroy him, Mordecai then puts on the traditional garb of mourning, the traditional outfit, right? They, there was an outfit of mourning that's called sackcloth. That's what they put on when they're in a state of grieving, when they're in a state of suffering. He and his people are about to die. His mourning gets the attention of Esther Esther's servants, she sends them to ask Mordecai, what's wrong? He tells her, listen, you have to approach the king. You have to do something. You must speak up on our behalf. You have to save us. You see, like I said before, even though he was mourning, he did not wallow in his mourning, he, his sense of integrity about what was right and wrong still pushed him to action. And as a result, that pushed him to challenge Esther. Listen to what is, uh, let, let's look at Esther's response. At first, Esther answers and says, Uncle, I'm sorry, there's nothing that I could do. Figure this. Esther's chilling, y'all. She's good. She's Gucci. She's straight. She's, she's, she's in, the, in the royal palace. She's the queen. She has everything she needs at her disposal. She has the, the richest linens and the, and, and, and the riches of the entire uh, 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 kingdom at her disposal. She has servants. She has guards to protect her. She has access to the king. She doesn't need to do anything. So she says, yo, this is, this is out of my hands. Even furthermore, technically, even with her position, she may have had access to the king, but she couldn't approach the king with her own free will or her own decision-making. Because the thing is, as we talked about earlier, if you approach the king and you were not summoned, you can be punished severely. And oftentimes, you were sentenced to death. So she's comfortable. She says, yo, go tell Mordecai, my servant, I can't do, you, you, tell Mordecai, I can't do anything about this. And the servants go and they tell Mordecai exactly what Esther says. And then he sends a message back to her. Ready? Hold up. Don't think that you are able to escape this. This is bigger than you. Sure. You are up there, but this can touch you too. God may save the Jews through someone else, 
but you and I are going to die. This may be the very position that you've been placed in. You may have been made queen for such a time as this. You see, Mordecai, his, his sense of integrity, his sense of principle, his sense of right and wrong in the midst of his despair and his fear still rose to the occasion and challenged Esther. And as a result of that challenge, Esther goes through a change of heart. The appeal of her uncle causes her perspective to shift from one place to the other. The Bible tells us that Esther then says this, Go, gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat, don't drink for three days, night or day. I'm going to do the same thing with my servants. And when this is done, I'm going to approach the king, even though it's against the law. And if I die, I die. Do you know that your sense of integrity can push people to change the perspective of how they see the world and what they do and how, how they operate and who they are as people? They can have a perspective change of how they influence those that are in their circle. You can push people, your sense of morality, your sense of biblical principle, your sense of right and wrong can be the thing that helps shift people's perspective from thinking about themselves to thinking about others. You see, Mordecai's integrity plays out in two ways. One, there's a recognition that even though he is unable to do it on his own, and if Esther chooses to step up or not, the deliverance of the people will happen, even if he is not there to see it. You see, your integrity forces you to accept that there is more, than, more to life than just you. When you have a sense of what is right and wrong, you no longer just think about yourself. You understand that there are things that are outside of you that you can influence the sphere of your community. You can influence the sphere of action. You can have an effect of what is going on. And you may not be there to see the impact, but you know that what you will do is greater than your life. I think of Dr. Martin Luther King who often understood that what he was fighting for, the civil rights movement, that he may not, he often talked about the fact that he may not have been there to see the fruition of what he was fighting for. And in fact, he perished before he can actually see the grand scale of what would happen in the civil rights movement, right? Let me tell you something. Mordecai accepted that for himself. He recognized that there was more to him that his people needed saving, even if he wasn't around. Too often, y'all, we are focused on ourselves. Too often we want to propel ourselves. Too often we want to protect ourselves. Too often we want to protect our interests. We want to preserve. We want to survive. But as people of integrity, we have to accept the fact that sometimes what the right thing to do isn't in our best interest. Let me be frank. Sometimes we have to be willing to look death in the face because it's the right decision for us to make. Sometimes, many times, 
the best interest, the best choice, the right thing is for the betterment of other people, not just for ourselves. For the people that can't choose their fate, for the people that can't choose what direction they can go down, for those who lack hope, for those who lack the power to protect or provide for themselves, you see, your integrity will put you in a place where you will have to choose for other people and not for yourself. Your integrity will also force others to be honest with themselves. Mm. You see, Mordecai's character pushes him to speak with Esther. And what did Esther do? She declined at first. She said, no, 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 no. I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do for myself. But his character pushes him to persist and speak truth. The light of truth that existed in Mordecai was so much that when Esther was confronted with it, she could push back a little bit, but when push came to shove, she had to accept the truth of the matter. And it forced Esther to be honest with herself. And that honesty then leads to a change of heart. Your sense of integrity will push other people to adapt and change because the truth that lives inside you is greater than anything that they might be thinking. It's greater than anything that they might be experiencing. The integrity that you hold has a capability to keep people honest. There are some people, you know, when they find out you're a Christian, right? Uh, they want to be, they're, 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 some people are specific. Well, at least when I was growing up. They used to be the ones that curse, and then they find out you're a Christian, and they find out you're a preacher, you find out you're a pastor. Yo, 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 my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Why is that? Because they'll walk away and they'll start cursing. It's because the sense of integrity that you have hold as a believer forces people to adapt and change because they see the light and truth that shines out of you. Does your sense of integrity... Force people to be honest with themselves. Sit with that. This is important, y'all, because if integrity, number three, if integrity is the seed, your actions are the tree leading to fruit. Your inner character is something, is some, it sometimes can't be seen or isn't recognized. It isn't always visible. It isn't always noticeable or attractive. Let's take a look back to Romans, uh, excuse me, to Esther chapter 2. You see in Esther chapter 2, we see that Esther is going through the process of becoming queen. Mordecai goes to the palace every day to check in on her. He's worried about her, so he wants to make sure that she is safe and secure. She's going through the process. He did that on his own. He knew that his niece was potentially walking into a dangerous situation, so his inner character, his sense of integrity, drove him to check in on her on a daily basis. Because of his integrity, he was in the right place at the right time. Listen up. Verse 21 and 22 say in chapter 2 that there were two men that were plotting to kill Xerxes, and they were upset with Xerxes. Mordecai, because he's at the gate checking on his, daughter, his niece because of that sense of integrity that he has, hears it and overhears he goes and then tells Esther, who then Esther eventually tells the king. Listen up, y'all. Listen. Mordecai didn't rush to find the king and tell him. Mm. He told Esther, who reported it to the king. Again, this man saved a king 
who had enslaved him in a foreign land, and he did so without recognition. You see, Mordecai's internal sense of right and wrong, excuse me, Mordecai's internal sense of integrity led him to do what was right, not because it would get him fame, not because it would get him recognition or power or riches, simply because it was right. The account was simply jotted, stored away, and forgotten about. Let's be honest. There's a bunch of us that are listening right now. We would have loved to get some shine for saving. Can you imagine if you saved the president? Or you saved the mayor? Or you saved the governor? Can you imagine what you would be looking for? You want shout outs on social media. You want your name to be in the newspaper. I know some of y'all will be like, but where's that money? Like, what's my reward, right? Why do you think that there's always someone, whenever there's some sort of issue or crime that needs to be solved, they always say, we, there's a $10,000 reward connected to this. Because they know that people can't do things without their own sense of self-serving, without some sort of sense of, without a reward that's connected to it. And a lot of us would have wanted something, but people of integrity make the right decisions, not for themselves, outside of themselves, for the sake of others, without needing to be recognized for it. A person's sense of integrity requires honesty with their own self, not honor from their social circles. You see, when you're a person of integrity, you make a decision because if you don't do the right thing, you can't sleep at night. So my wife, right, uh, there have been a couple of times when we were first dating, she would just call me out of nowhere. Like, she would call me early in the morning. She'd be like, I have to tell you something. And it was nothing wrong. She didn't do anything. She'd be like, I have to tell you something. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. She's like, I couldn't sleep last night because I just felt like I had to tell you. Like, I needed you to know. I needed to be honest with myself and with you. Right? When you are a person of integrity, not doing the right thing, not being honest with yourself, that's more important than the honor that you're going to get from doing the right thing from other people than the recognition you're going to get from doing the things from other people, than the fame that you're going to get from doing things for other people, than the social media shout-outs that you're going to get, than the love that you're going to get, than the money and the riches you're going to get. you got to be honest with yourself because you have to be able to live with your decisions. Your decisions have to be in alignment with your moral code because your moral code and values are greater than anything that this world can offer you. But here's the thing, that seed sprouts and eventually people recognize who you are and where you are rooted. Look at chapter 6. We already read it. Vanessa read it for you. The king couldn't sleep, so he has the records read. And then we stumble across Mordecai. And then the king says, what deed has been done? Do we honor this man? You see... The actions of Mordecai's integrity laid down the groundwork for his recognition later on. Mm, listen to that one more time. His honor did not come in the moment. It wasn't immediate. But when it would come, when it came later, it would come later when the king would remember what Mordecai had done for him. You see, 
The gratification wasn't instant. The reward wasn't instant. The honor wasn't instant. But the recognition would come later on because when you are a person of integrity, you may not see the fruits immediately, but you need to know that those fruits exist and they are coming. You see, then the king calls in Haman. Remember, Haman thinks that he's a big deal. Now he's getting called in, in the middle of the night in front of the king. Oh, I must be a big shot. And then Haman says, uh, the king says, Haman, what would you do if you wanted to honor someone? So Haman says all these things. I'd get the fine linens. I'd get the cleanest cloaks. I'd adorn him in royal garb. I'd put on the finest horse, and I would lead him through the streets, and I would say, this is the, king that the, man want, the, this is the man that the king wants to honor. And the king says to Haman, now go. Do what you have done, what you have said for Mordecai. Go honor Mordecai. You see, eventually, your integrity will lead to your promotion and your honoring. The same man who persecuted, who ridiculed, who spewed anger at Mordecai, the same man who condemned him to die, was the same man who would be forced to honor Mordecai when the time came. Go at once, said the king. Go get the robe, go get the horse, and do what you have suggested. Don't hold back anything that you've recommended. Haman was forced to honor Mordecai in the way that Haman wanted to be honored. Because when you are a person of integrity, when you are a person of faith, when you are a person of moral value and standard, if you are walking with God, let me tell you something. What is meant for you is for you no matter what enemy stands in front of you. What is yours is yours no matter what the haters, like we talked about, no matter what the haters may say, what is for you is for you. Those who sought to condemn you will be humbled when the time is right. What does the Bible say? Mordecai had to run home and he told his wife, listen, I had to take my sworn enemy and walk him through the streets. This is terrible. This is horrible. And then his people say, yo, Mordecai, your downfall has started. Look at this. You are coming to ruin because you stood against a Jew, a man of God, a man of integrity. Look here, if you remain true to God and what God has called you, if you remain true to his word, if you call him by name, if you seek his face, if you chase after him wholeheartedly, if you do these things with integrity, if you live a life of integrity, those who have devalued you because of your faith, those who have devalued you because of your morals, those who have devalued you because of what you believe will one day fall. Those who hated you, those who embarrassed you because you were faithful, those who made fun of you will fall because you have remained a person of principle, of character, and of faith. You see, the Bible doesn't play when it says those who humble themselves will be exalted and those who exalt themselves will be humbled. The Bible doesn't play when it says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The Bible doesn't play when it says that you will prepare a place for me in the presence of my enemies. But in order to do that, we must first be people of integrity. We must first stand on solid ground. We must not be easily moved. We must not be easily shaken. We must be solid in character. We must be solid in faith in Jesus Christ and the knowledge of who God is. There's a lot happening in our world. We take a look at the social unrest and the injustice. We take at the political climate. We see all this tension. We must be like Mordecai in the midst of the storm. 
We must have a sense of integrity that roots us in our right and wrong, no matter what the pressures of our world may do to us or swing us from to and fro. Your integrity must challenge those around you to be better. It means that nothing, it, it means nothing if the way that you live and act and breathe doesn't challenge other people to be better, doesn't challenge other people to be honest, doesn't challenge other people to be real with themselves, to think outside themselves and see the bigger picture, picture, the integrity that we hold must be evident through our actions, believing that one day we're going to be recognized, believing that one day we're going to be honored, one day. We're going to be promoted. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. We may not even see it. But your integrity will lead to your elevation. You must believe it. And you must hold it in season.